Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. So Willow yes. uh, finished up. So the Willow series, uh, We so we were divided on this one. We were. Um, because we were. you really enjoyed the series. I was not enjoying the series. Willow's wearing a denim jacket. Willow's wearing just like a <laughs> denim jacket. Uh, I don't. I, I think don't. it's just—it's really important to know. And she runs into two people wearing denim jumpsuits. I, I just, just saying, like it's, it's just cotton, I, it's, man. It's, it's just cotton. Okay, tell uh, denim is. Yeah, it's, but they look like denim is a like tight a, canvas, basically. They were like cowboys in the middle of this like fantasy, you know, like European style, like medieval style world. And all of a sudden it's like two cowboys sitting in, you know, having a fire next to their log cabin. And you're like, what, what are you doing here? I loved them so much. And I thought that they were done dirty. They were they were just a delight. They were all they were trying to do was have their afternoon repast. And they were. <laughs> Uh, arguably the best characters in the entire series and were done dirty with their, their very, very short screen time uh, to the point where like, I don't even remember their names and that makes me sad because I loved them so much. Yeah, I mean, they had just like a few minutes of screen time. You know, they were in like a third of an episode at best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, they were very anachronistic, you know, mm-hmm. which, which you know, again, this was my complaint about Willow is that Willow set a precedent for what the movie looks like, feels like the the sure. movie of like how the music is, like the the way people talk, the way people dress, you know, that sort of thing. And then we get to the Willow series and it was kind of like, they were like, ah, ah, we don't need any of that. And then they went off and did all these things that were like, but that doesn't make any sense. You know, like that'd be like somebody carrying around a sword in the middle of the Top Gun movie. You'd be like, what are you, why are you doing? Why are you carrying this? Like, this doesn't make any sense. So here's how I'm going to push back on that though. Think about how long it's been since one, since the, the Willow film aired. Uh, or from sure. Think about how long I mean, it's like been. almost forty years, yeah. and also think about how, like, not necessarily that much time, but a significant amount of time, similarly, has passed in universe uh, between the film and the series. We're talking only like, like eighteen years. They, they imply that it's close to twenty-ish. 
Yeah, like, well, yeah, because the Laura, it's however old the Laura, uh, Laura Dannon is, that's how many years have passed because she's yeah. a, she's a new, well, a, a roughly just shy of a year old in yeah. the movie. But like, we don't, we don't get any actual ages. They kind of, they leave it a little ambiguous. Um, but a lot of shit can change in even less than 20 years in any world. So things being a little bit wacky and like having changed in universe to me isn't as like jarring and weird as you're making it out to be, especially because this is now, this is, this is a, an IP that was taken straight out of the eighties from, from, you know, assholes like us that, that grew up in that time and loved this thing. Uh, and it is being updated and put on a modern streaming service, uh, arguably geared towards, uh, much younger people, people of like you know a generation removed from us, uh, which who, I would say unsuccessfully. Uh, I maybe, I, <laughs> which is where <laughs> I don't I don't have any any stance. I don't think you're yeah, neither wrong do on I. That. I, I, I. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, they just had. I just saw an interview with John Kasdan, who is the guy that is the showrunner for this, and he was talking about his hopes for season two. Yeah. So I uh, who knows. <laughs> I am I am a bit concerned. They left us on a cliffhanger, which I kind of expected, and I am a bit concerned that season two will never happen because that just happened so much. Yeah, it makes me mad. But yeah, it, like it it is hard to gauge whether or not the younger generation vibed with this series. It's hard to gauge whether or not our generation vibed with the series. I loved it. I loved the ways that they updated it. I like I honestly like I didn't even you last time you pointed out the anachronistic music. Uh, I didn't even notice that to be totally honest. Really? I guess I'm That's just funny because that was a huge thing for me. I was like, what the fuck is playing right now? Like it was very like through me. I'm so, I guess, uh, accustomed to modern music being used in series regardless of the, the time period at this point that that didn't stand out to me. Whereas like, at the time, I think it would have. And I think the last time that it really was jarring to me and then after that, I just kind of gave up on the entire concept of of caring about whether the music matched the time period was Gatsby. Uh, when like they dropped like a Jay Z track or something like that, and I was like, "Well, this is yeah." Weird. But uh, you know but, what? That was the but they did that from the get go. That's mm-hmm. that's like I said. That's the only reason why I have a complaint about this is because the original Willow movie didn't do that. The whole movie, not the credit scene, nothing. So when it happened in the series, it was weird. It was like like Rings of Power is a really great example. You know, like we we watched six Lord of the Rings movies, you know, mm-hmm. Hobbit, Lord of the Rings movies, all of them, you know, music from the time. If Rings of Power dropped a modern song, you'd be like, what is happening? It, to me, it was the same thing. I was like, why, what are we doing this? Like, we've established a world. Why are we playing modern music in it? The big uh, difference there is that, like, realistically, in the, the grand scheme of how film and television works, there was almost no time that passed between the Lord of the Rings franchise, the Hobbit trilogy, and Rings of Power. We're talking, like, a handful of years, whereas yeah, between like Willow, yeah, between Willow the film and Willow the series, like you said, it was, like, close to 40 years. It was basically, like, you know, that movie came out when we were kids, and now this series is out and filmmaking techniques and like the people behind the show, like all of the decision makers, we're talking like an entirely different group of people. So of course, different decisions were going to be made. And so like, again, like it didn't surprise me. I didn't notice it. It didn't bother me. Uh, if anything, when done well, I think that that adds to my experience of, of a film. Uh, Cause I don't go into something like that, expecting everything to be like the, the song of the Shire or whatever. Like it's 
Well, yeah. So I mean, so that's you know, I'm I'm all for anachronistic, anachronistic things. Moulin Rouge, still one of my favorite like movies. Very anachronistic. You know, uh, those sort of silly. You know, the the Romeo and Juliet. Like yes. I'm all for that. Uh, it's just it was weird because I just I watched the Willow movie the week before Willow aired. And then I went and watched Willow and I was like, this doesn't feel like the same thing at all. And I think that's what threw me. Cause I was like, I expected a continuation of theme, but they didn't, they changed the theme, but it was just like, they used the characters, but completely changed the theme. And that's where it got me. And by the way, it was eight years from the last Hobbit movie until yeah. rings of power. So it was yeah. eight 2014 was the battle of the five armies rings of powers, 2022. So again, in the grand scheme of things, that is almost no time, just considering like how long it takes to get a show like that greenlit, to get everything assembled, to sure. do production, post-production, et cetera. Like basically half of that time was probably just getting to like filming the first episode. Just getting uh, the license to do Lord of the Rings things. And like the the thing is, like, let's be honest with ourselves. Like Willow was a fun movie, and uh, you know we both rewatched it. I think it it holds up really well. Um, but it is still, despite everything, a George Lucas property. And sure. you know well my stance on George Lucas. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he's bad at it. And so to have someone take something that he did arguably well and updated and do it a little bit different to me was fine because that just kind of removes a lot of the 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 uh, negative association that I have uh with it and it uh it fulfilled what what I expected the continuation of the story to be because as we talked about this the first time we we talked about the the series like the movie shows that Willow is a fraud that he's trying but he is not who people think that he is and not the persona that he's built up. The show in, like hints at and introduces us to the idea very early on that that is still the case. Like now he has this big reputation from having defeated uh, Balmorda, uh, but we know that he didn't. He knows that he didn't. And it's like he's still it's like hyping that up. And like there's the implication that like maybe he learned great sorcery along the way, but like probably not. And sorcery even calls him out on it. Like she's like, you're not a great sorcerer. You got lucky. And like that's kind of the, the cause of their big rift. And so we have that entire subplot and they do that proper justice where like he's finally forced to admit like, I know some magic. I I can do a few things in a pinch and like he does get some hero moments and I, I love that for him, but he is not the hero much like he wasn't in the, the movie. And as much as I think that that kind of was a disservice to his character in the movie, I think that carrying that forward into the show was the right decision because that's, that's true to who his character was. And I think getting to see Alora become a great sorcerer and like come into this power that was foretold uh, early on was really fun to watch, especially because like as the show's starting out, like it's still hard to tell, like was the whole point of the prophecy that like it was self-fulfilling because people believed it, that it led to Beth Morna's downfall because she tried to prevent it or is like, is there actually something special about Alora? 
we see that it's a little bit of both. I also loved the the visual effect of like the more she learns magic, the more this like illusion of her blonde hair disguise like strips away and she's got that vibrant red hair. Uh, and that was one, I, I was wondering about that because like when we see her for the first time, I was like, well, that's obviously Laura Dannon. And then I was like, Wait, she was a straight up redhead though. I was like, I mean, I guess redhead, you know, like I had reddish hair when I was young and now my hair is dark. Yeah. A lot you know, of so it was like, color I was like, okay. I was like, whatever. Uh, casting, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, six episodes later when she does eventually get her red hair because she like unlocks her powers, I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, little shaky on the logistics of it, but okay, like, uh, let's go with it. I, it was very symbolic. I understood it was symbolic, like yeah. getting back to her roots, but still, I was like, all right, let's go with it. Uh, to an extent, uh, you did call it right with with Graydon. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We, I mean, like, he's not dead, but he's, he's not super dead, dead. But like he he was like he had the, this moment where like you know, in the the big heroic uh, battle, and like he's just like discarded, and that you know, <laughs> uh, Ellen pointed this out as we were watching. It's like so, the the big bad, the crone was like you like. Like, you lack passion, so what I'm going to do is kill the guy that you obviously care about that'll unlock that passion that'll make you, like, get strong and beat me. Like, again, it's that self-fulfilling <laughs> right. uh, aspect. So they kept true with that. I, listen, I loved every second of the arc between Jade and Kit, with the exception of the fact that they kept putting Kit in danger and then ending the episode. Hated that, but I loved that she, like, Kit got to find, like, her power and like she got to like pick up the, the mantle like literally and figuratively from her father. I loved Borman's redemption story. I loved Jade getting to be like this this great warrior and protector. Like the the whole the the party members that survived, I thought played their parts exactly <laughs> like I wanted them to. Yeah. Um I was it was a little bit weirded out, but also not mad about uh the the fate of Eric. Um that, that 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 was another thing that was like as as soon as we saw it was a really weird turn as soon as I saw the other uh, the 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 young woman with him who was pretending to be another prisoner I'm like she's the crone he's fucked yeah I mean uh, yeah that, you know I think I think a lot of you know like Graydon dying dying quote unquote mm -hmm. you know was kind of a very obvious like plot point yeah. uh you know if if Borman had died like sacrificed himself to save Kit I would have been like yeah obviously he's trying to make up for you know uh with Mad Martigan like yep. Cool. Got it. Right. Like it's very straightforward. Um, I, I was severely disappointed with the majority of the series, but the last episode was probably was the best episode of the series. It, um, it I tied thought, it together nicely. I, I think, you know, so like you, you talked about like Kit and Jade. I thought it was very like pandering and annoying. Like oh. I actually didn't like their relationship because I was like, it was, it felt so forced. I was like, we get it, but like, you're trying to make it feel like this, like, long lost like you know unrequited love thing but i'm like yeah but it's not like it's not that like they could just be together and that's not like that's not a struggle they, they have their own separate well they have their own separate struggles and adding this onto it just felt like they were trying to make it be this star-crossed thing and it just it was unnecessary oh. and i was like they could just be together but have their own separate things because that's you know what i said in the, the last time we talked about this it was like they took a thing and then they just kept adding another thing on top of it, more characters and another thing and another thing. And I'm like, you already have 
a really good thing. Like, you know, Kit or Jade ending up being the daughter, the long lost daughter or sister of this warrior tribe. I was like, why? She already is a great warrior. Like, why did we have to have this whole episode? It doesn't change anything about who she is. She doesn't, she didn't like get to this tribe and then learn to be a good fighter. She was arguably the best fighter in the group already. Like, that was the whole point of her coming along because she was a great warrior. And I'm like, why are we adding this on? You're adding on a plot point that you didn't need. She already was good. And you're trying to like, make more reasons for us to be like, yeah, you're so good when already we already thought she was. I am wondering if there is intent for there to be more of a payoff to that because obviously like Borman is close with the 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 leader of the, yeah, the tribe leader. The, the death dealers or whatever they're they're were called. And now we know that Jade is part of that. And like that realization of her being family is what eventually gets them out of a of a jam. So like that kind of makes sense. But yeah, it does feel like it was left a bit hanging. So I'm, I'm curious about that. Uh but the 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 tension between Kit and Jade and the will they won't and everything like to me it pays off so well when they finally do kiss for the first time it was great I loved it they kiss in episode one that's why I did that's why I was like no they she makes out with her and literally episode one she she straddles her on the bed she kisses her for a really long time and leaves and I'm like we got our payoff episode one 30 minutes into the show so that's why the rest of the film I was like why are they doing this like, geez, I don't know. Are we going to hold hands? And I'm like, you have literally already made out on a bed for like five minutes. Like it was a whole big ordeal. Why are we doing this? Will they, won't they? You have. You I'm, have. You already did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wasn't as big of a deal as you're saying because I don't remember that at all. And I would have. Go back and watch episode one. It was a huge, I was like, I'm talking make out level kiss. It wasn't just like a here's a kiss okay i'm heading off without you it was like a tongue and everything like this was not ch church tongue right that's a wedding singer reference uh adam sandler movie yeah this was not church tongue like they straight up are making out while she has straddled her on the bed episode one that's why the rest of the time i was like i don't understand why we're doing this like it is apparent they are together like it is obvious to the audience as well as them, well, because she wasn't like, oh, what did you do? She was like, this is great. What do we, this is great. Let's keep doing this. And then she's like, you're going to leave, aren't you? And she's like, yep. She's like, well, obviously I'm coming with you. And I was like, cool, great. They're just going to be together. And then for some reason they weren't. And I was like, I, I don't know what we're doing. Well, it's obvious that they're supposed to be. Uh, they, but they should, 100%. They, I, I am all for their relationship, but they like made it more complicated than it needed to be. They introduced it in the first episode, resolved it, and then we're like, but we're going to keep toying with you. And it's like, why? Why? It's like watching two people have sex and then being like, oh, are they going to get together? Like, we just saw it. I mean, that's <laughs> that's still a valid question. <laughs> that was the implication of episode one, that they had been doing it the whole time. So... Um. Uh, I did watch something. Well, uh, new is a uh, is a relative term because it's been out for like a year and a half or so now. But I, I found something <laughs> that that was like totally quote unquote new and original and not based on a uh, beloved property from our childhood. Okay. Uh, have you seen Solos on Prime? Mm -mm. So it's a it's an, a like seven episode like, anthology like Solos series. like Han Solo Solos. I mean, not related, but like it's how you spell that way, it. Yeah. Solos. S O L O S. Yep, Solos, uh, which is palindrome. Uh, it is an anthology series, seven one-off episodes that, uh, uh, I've, we've only watched the, the first episode so far, but it seems to be, uh, loosely like interconnected by the idea that there are like human driven stories 
uh, involving like a, a sci-fi universe, uh, some form of technology. Uh, so the, the casting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's <laughs> it, the format of this show feels like what we want to do with that uh, or like some of the other projects that we've talked about. Uh, but like, you, first of all, you have to mention the cast of this. I'm talking Morgan Freeman, Helen Mirren, Annie Hathaway, Anthony Mackie, Constance Wu, Uzo Aduba, Dan Stevens, who is going to be in a movie we're going to be talking about next month. Like, it's an amazing uh, cast. Jack Quay, just amazing cast across Holy the board. Holy cow. Uh, the very first episode is basically... One character. I mean, so you have there's a narrator who I believe is Morgan Freeman. I think it's Morgan Freeman who's narrating I mean. the episode, but I could be wrong. Uh, but you have one character. It's just Annie Hathaway. It's time travel. It is a like intimate and just fucking heartbreaking, beautiful story. And I'm sold. You know, the the second episode is Anthony Mackie. Uh, and it seems to involve him coming like face to face with another version of himself. And I'm already here for it. Uh, if if the rest of the episodes are half as good as the first one, it's going to be a pretty amazing series. So I'm looking forward, and hopefully uh, next week we'll be able to talk more about it. I, I, I will definitely. Listen, if you told me nothing else, nothing else but just the cast, you didn't even tell me the name of the series or the show or whatever. You were just like, hey, these people are in a movie or in a thing. I'd be like, why are we not watching it right now? Right? Why are we doing this podcast? Like. God, I'm gonna go exactly. watch that right now. That sounds amazing. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. And so you like, said it's on Prime. It's on Prime. Yeah. So Solos it's a, it's, on Prime. Okay. It's a, uh, Prime original miniseries. Um, yeah, I, I had seen it, uh, and apparently I added it to our, our watch list one night. Uh, I, I must have been heavily medicated at the time because I didn't remember it. Yeah, but Ellen pulled it up. Do. She's like, "This looks interesting." Oh, you added it to the watch list. I was like. I don't know. I guess we should watch it then. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> past, past Breeze says we have to watch it, so we're watching it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's spectacular. Yes. yes. All right. I uh, So, uh, unfortunately, I did watch some things that are based off our uh, uh, things from Beloved from our past. Go on. I watched two movies recently within the past couple of weeks, uh, and both of which are based off of Dracula. Oh. So the first movie I watched, which was a couple of weeks ago, was The Invitation. Okay. Um, and The Invitation is uh, is a, a young woman, uh, you know, does it, takes a DNA test, very yeah. funny, and finds out she has a long lost cousin. Okay. Um, and so, and so she is uh, not white, and she meets her very white cousin, and you know they're they're talking, and she's like, oh yeah, like you know whatever, two hundred years ago, my great great grandfather, you know, like ran off with a slave, and that's how you know you are descended from that line. Sure. But you are of our blood. We're this super rich English family. Um, like, you know, this is amazing to find you. I just happened to be in New York where she was based, you know, and he's like, this is cool. Like, Hey, there's, there's a wedding that we're going to, and the whole family's going to be there. It's over in England. You should come. And she's like, but I'm just a poor New York city waitress, a cater waiter. And he's like, duh, like we're rolling in, we're rolling in the dough, baby. Let's go. Like I'll pay for everything. You know, we'll pay for your flight. You, you'll pay for your room and you know, all the food and stuff like you just, you know, any spending cash you want, like you, you, we'll get you there. Sure. And she's like, this is weird, but 
okay. Um, so she goes off, she goes to the thing, she meets this very uh charming gentleman um who is uh he is the head of the manor um uh, of this uh place. So so by the way, the uh, the main character is Evie, who is played by Natalie Emmanuel, who um uh, most people will recognize her from Game of Thrones. Um, okay. She was Melisandre in Game of Thrones, I think, Melisandre. Um, she was the uh, Khaleesi's, like, assistant woman. M- Miss Sandell. Or Miss Missin Yeah, Miss Sandy. Yep, Miss Andre or something. I have no idea who that is. Yeah. Uh, you, you'll wreck it. As soon as you see her, she's very, she, she's a very recognizable person. I won't because um, I didn't watch the series. <laughs> Right. Uh, she was also in the uh, the very first American High movie, Holly Slept Over. Oh, neat. Um, that, is, uh, that was the very first movie that American High, the production company here in uh, uh, Syracuse, New York, did. Um, but anyway, so the, the cute guy, the charming guy who owns the estate that the wedding is taking place at um, is played by Thomas Doherty, uh, and he is uh, DeVille. Okay. Deville, uh, Deville, 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 Deville. I got it. I got it. Okay. Jeez. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um. So he's charming, and he's like, you know, schmoozing her up, and he's not related to her by blood. She even asked that question because I was kind of concerned at first because he was like, she gets to this place, and there's all the cousins, and she's like, ah, oh, there's all the cousins. And he, she's like, wait, we're not cousins. He's like, no, no, no. I just own the place. I know the families. That's all. It turns out he's Dracula and he can, he only has power if he marries, uh, drinks the blood of three very specific families. One of the family members killed themselves. So they needed a female bloodline. She's the last of the female bloodline. Uh-huh. Blah, 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 Dracula. She, of course, wins the day and becomes a Dracula fighter. It was a great plot, poorly executed, but vampire sexy enough that it's worth the watch. Okay. Uh, um, so The Invitation, check that out. Uh, I think it's on HBO Max or something. I don't know. It's somewhere out in the world. Maybe it's on Netflix or something. But then I also uh, just watched the other night uh, uh, House of Darkness, okay. which stars Justin Long. Now, for those of you guys that recently watched Barbarian, Justin Long plays the exact same character. Um, and it's basically, you know, just uh, Justin Long meets up with a uh, young lady. She takes him back to her place, which is this huge mansion. Um, and her name is Mina. Oh, wink, wink. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, yeah, so her name is is Mina. She takes him back to her place. They flirt a bunch. Um, you know, they... Uh, uh, you know, he, he like implies that he wants to, you know, get, I'm going to, I'm trying to pull it up so I can, uh, get the rest of the people's names, um, but you know, uh, uh, yeah, playing Mina. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, Mina. And then all of a sudden we meet her sister, Lucy. Oh, because that's Mina Mina Harkness from Bram Stoker's Dracula, who her best friend's name was Lucy. Yeah. In uh, yeah. in this, and then they also meet up with Nora, and basically the whole movie is spent with them toying like uh, psychologically with Justin Long, and you get the payoff in the end of the movie. Here's where the the invitation and in this was a little different. So the invitation uh, and well, actually, why these were kind of the same, they both toy you along where you're like, you know what's happening, like you're waiting for the moment, and they do it at the very last minute, and it's like a, ta-da! And that's like the big climax, the end of the movie. 
Um, but both of them do it in a very different way. Whereas the invitation, um, I feel like, you know, a lot happens once she finds out who he is, like a whole lot happens. But with House of Darkness, it's the end of the movie. Like, you know what's happening, and then as soon as it happens, like, credits roll, the end of the movie. But it was very psychological the whole way. Yeah. Um, I liked House of Darkness uh, only because you are like, any minute now, any minute now, like, the whole movie, and then you get the payoff, and you're like, great. Um, I didn't like uh, Invitation as much, but I think if you're a vampire fan... It's worth the watch anyways, but it's really bad in a lot of the scenes. Like, it is really bad, um, arguably. And it's like the ending of the movie is the worst thing I've ever seen. I oh. watched the end of the movie and I was like, ooh, no, no, no. That's No, no, no. Like the last scene of the movie. That's, uh, that's a pretty bold statement because I know a lot of what you've seen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, right. I have terrible taste. Um, and uh, but yeah, no, the the last like it's just it's not like a big scene, but it's the very last scene in the movie. You're just like, oh, cringe. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. Like, please stop. Um, but yeah, so so uh House of Darkness is on Hulu. Uh the invitation, I'm pretty sure, is on Netflix. Uh Willow, of course, is streaming on Disney Plus. Yeah. And Solos is available on uh, Prime Video. Look at all these options you just got. Just this is so much to watch, which truly is a golden age. This is why you need to be subscribed to the show because you just found out four brand new things you can watch. And then on Sunday, we have a brand new episode where we're talking about the Tubi original film Dead Zone, which is streaming on Tubi TV for free. You can just mm -hmm. go and watch it. Like you don't even need to sign up or anything. So that's five brand new things you just learned about that you can watch. Yeah. Uh, two of which are series, uh, you know, several episodes three of which are movies. So this is why you should subscribe to this podcast is because you are learning so many things. We have brand new episodes every Thursday and Sunday where we talk about all sorts of things, including That's bad true. vampire films, fantasy, and sci-fi. Look we at got this. Our, it's all... We got our start talking about a bad vampire film. This is true. This is true. Episode one, which, you know, we're counting down to our five year anniversary. We've got six episodes left. Yeah. Um, so pretty wild. Uh, it's very exciting. So hit that subscribe button. Brand new episode Sunday. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, thanks a lot for watching over on YouTube. Make sure to hit subscribe there. Uh, leave a comment, you know, drop a like, leave a comment. Hey, whatever the YouTuber kids say these days. Uh, do all those things. And if you're listening on your podcast player of choice, subscribe, leave a rating and review if your podcast player supports that. It is how other people discover us and helps yeah. us grow so we can do this for another five years. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. We're going to do it for another five years anyways, whether you guys do it anyways. You might as well just subscribe because it's happening no matter what. There's there's literally no end to the movies. They just keep making them. Yeah, they just, just, just keep happening. It's just, it's how they do. Uh, yeah. So, hey, thanks a lot for listening and watching, everyone. We super appreciate it. And we will see you Sunday. Yeah.